Thank you for being here today. Also want to give honor to your pastor and his wife, Pastor and Sister Camarena. God bless your pastor and his wife. Amen. Amen. Are you thankful for a pastor? Are you thankful for a man of God in your life? Yes. Team from Christian Life College for blessing us in worship today. Yeah, man. Of course, it's good to have my wife here. Amen. Uh, I love and appreciate her. I'm going to get right into the Word today. I'll be reading out of Judges chapter 16, starting at the 23rd verse. Judges chapter 16, verse 23. will not take uh, too much time this morning. Uh, I'm not a long-winded preacher by any, by any man's measurement, um, but I hope that you will open your heart to the word of the Lord today and open Amen. your spirit Amen. to whatever God has in store for yes. us today. Yes, praise God. Amen. Judges chapter 16 and verse 23 says, Then the Lord to the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God and to rejoice. For they said, Our God hath delivered Samson our enemy into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered unto our hands our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between two between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars Upon, whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed and he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein, so that the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. And uh, I want to preach for just a few minutes this morning. Um, from this thought, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And I wonder if before we go any further, if we could set our Bibles aside, if we could push the worries and the distractions and the stray thoughts yes. out of our minds, and if we could just close our eyes and lift up our hands all across this room oh, right now. God, I want to be every person to join God, God, in prayer God, right now. If it's appropriate, why don't you join with the person standing next to you? Let's find God in prayer. Let's ask the Lord to have his way this morning. I'm asking you, Lord, to talk to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, we want to hear you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Have your way, God. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, 
fall into the casual routine of disobedience and repentance and disobedience and repentance. Amen. These are people that drift further and further away from God over time. We fall into the habit of shaking ourselves on Sundays and shaking ourselves at the midweek Bible studies and, and shaking ourselves at all church prayer. And we shake ourselves when we wake up with regret and shame after a night of sin. And, 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 and we shake ourselves time and time again. Yeah. Amen. But I want to remind somebody, I want to remind anybody that's under the sound of my voice tonight. That Delilah's, the Delilah's of our lives, the things that draw us back time and time again, those things that we can't seem to put down, that we can't seem to quit, that we can't seem to bury, those Delilah's always lead to death. Delilah always leads to death. Samson, who was the mightiest man in the nation of Israel, he was anointed by God. He was called of God. And yet he found himself blind and chained in a Philistine jail. He was brought to Dagon's temple for sport so that they could mock him and make fun of him. And there was no escape for Samson. There was no redemption for Samson. The closest thing that Samson got to redemption was that as his life ended, he took the lives of his enemies with him. There was no happy ending for Samson. But I want to tell you that today God has a very different plan for your life this morning. God has a very different plan for your life here today, my friend. Come on, there may be a Delilah waiting for you at home. There may be a Delilah waiting for you with your friends and on your job and at school. But I want to tell you it doesn't have to end in the lap of Delilah. You don't have to end up blind and chained up in a Philistine prison. You don't have to end up like Samson asking a little boy to lead him to those two pillars. But God can extend grace to your life. God can extend a hand of mercy to you one more time. morning you may find yourself standing between two pillars just like Samson trapped between an immovable object and an unstoppable force but I want to tell you today that God works in the midst of hard places God works in the midst of hard places he does his best work in the hard places God can find you when you're standing between the rock and the hard place. Amen. The Bible says that Samson asked that child to lead him between those two pillars that held up the roof of that temple. And he said, would you put me between the two pillars? And the Bible says that Samson reached out with his right hand to feel for that right pillar. And he reached out with his left hand and felt for that left-handed pillar. And he braced himself between those two unmovable objects. And he found himself in a place where God could use him one more time. He found himself in a place where maybe Samson did not find redemption. But he found himself in a place, in a season, where God would work in spite of his circumstances. Where God would work in spite of his mistakes. Where God would work in spite of what his enemies had done to him. In spite of the shame that he was living with. And you read the story of David standing in the valley of Elah in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45. It said, Then David said, Then said David to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who thou hast, whom thou hast defied. 
We find David standing in the valley of Elah and he has mocking brothers at his back and he has a defiant giant standing at his face in the middle of this valley. If he would turn and run, he would be shamed by a nation, by, by an army of soldiers, by all of his brothers, by, by the people that doubted him most. He would be running back to them. And if he continues forward, there are many that are sure that he's going to his death. So we find David in a very hard place. We find David, in, in other words, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Continu continuing in, uh, in, in verse 45, it says, uh, But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Amen. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting that that David stands in the face of Goliath and he and he looks at this man and he doesn't take he doesn't take Goliath's defiance personally. He doesn't take the adversary's attacks personally, but he understands it's not me that Goliath is defying, but it is God that this giant is right. defying. Amen. Goliath is not coming against me, but he is coming against the kingdom of God. Yeah. He is not coming against Seth Shumate, but he is coming against the kingdom of heaven yeah. that is on earth. Right. He is yeah. coming yeah. against the will of God, in the promises of God, right. in the word of God, in the ways of God. Yeah. Amen. I want to tell you there are some battles that you're fighting and you're fighting them personally and you're fighting them because you feel the struggle and you feel the pain and you feel the tension but the reality is it's the devil coming against the people of God and the kingdom of God and so when David said this day will the Lord deliver me will deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know not that David is great not that David is mighty but that there is a God in Israel and all this assembly shall know not that David saveth not that the armies of Israel saveth that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands Amen. David identified that the Goliath was not defying David. Right. He was not defying King Saul. Right. He was not defying the soldiers of Israel. But he was defying the God of heaven. He was defying the Creator. He was defying the I am that I am. He was defying the Brian Bush. I want to tell you today that the battle you're fighting, it's not about you. It's not about your spouse. It's not about your children.
David understood. He had a revelation of who Goliath was. Goliath had a he had an intimidating physical presence, but what he presented was a spirit. He presented a spirit that would stand in the face of the people of God and challenge them to come on their own. The cry of Goliath was, send me a man. Send me your greatest warrior. Send me the one that you've trained in battle. Send me the one that knows how to wield a sword. The one that knows how to carry a shield. The one with the greatest armor. That was the cry of Goliath. And yet the will of God was not for the greatest soldier to stand in that field. The will of God was not for David to put on the armor of Saul and to carry the weapons of Saul. But the will of God was for David to stand there in the power of the name of the Lord and say, you come against me with a sword and with a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You're not defying me, Goliath. You're not challenging me. You're challenging my God. And you're challenging the kingdom of my God. And you're challenging the will of my God. A lot of our trouble comes when we try to pick up a sword and fight spiritual battles with physical methods. We try to fight physical spiritual specimens with physical reaction. I want to tell you today that if you're fighting a spiritual battle, you've got to fight it with spiritual warfare. If you're fighting a spiritual battle, you're standing between the rock and the hard place. You've got to handle these pillars. You brace your back. It's time to brace your spirit against the spirit that's defying your church, the spirit that's defying your family, the spirit that defies banks of the Red Sea with a multitude of people behind him. And he stands on the banks of the Red Sea and he sees an unmovable object. And at his heels he sees the dust of an army of Egyptians coming down at his back. In front of him he has an ocean that cannot be moved. And at his back he has an army that cannot be defeated. And Moses stands on the banks of this ocean, on the banks of this sea, and God tells him, he said, Moses, you stretch your hand over that sea. <laughs> he didn't tell, see, see, a lot of us, we would have told Moses to start building canoes. We would have told Moses to start fashioning some, some flotation devices. Yeah. We would have told Moses to start working out a peace treaty that he could give to Pharaoh when his army showed up. Right. Some of us, with a fighting spirit, we think it's a fighting spirit, it's more fighting flesh, right? Right, yeah, right. Some of us with that fighting attitude, we would have turned around and said, bring on the Egyptian army. We'll fight them right here without weapons, without armor. We'll fight them. We'll fight them to a bloody death. That's how a lot of us would have faced that army. How we would have reacted to the situation that they were in. And yet Moses looked at heaven 
And he said, God, what am I going to do about this ocean? And what am I going to do about that army? I know we can't cross this body of water. And I know that I cannot defeat that army. God, what are you going to do? God spoke to Moses. He said, Moses, you stretch forth your hand. And Moses stretched his hand over that ocean. He stretched his hand over that object that could not be moved. He stretched his hand over that impossible situation. And God parted the waters of the Red Sea. And the Bible says that the next morning, every Israelite walked over on dry ground. And when they got over onto the other side, their way of escape became a reckoning for their adversaries. When their adversaries tried to follow them through the water. Can I preach baptism for just a little bit right now? Come on, when they yesterday tried to follow them out of the water. The Bible says that the water crashed down on their yesterday and washed it away. The water crashed down on the armies of Egypt and washed it away. Can I tell you, if you're still living with sin in your life, if you've never been baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, we have water. Let the king believe. We have water. Let the king believe. The Bible commands us to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of our sins. If you're tired of waking up with an army of Egyptians behind you, if you're tired of waking up with yesterday's mistakes hounding you, I would invite you and command you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, your sin can't call you out of the water. Your mistakes can't call you out of the street. Valley of Elah, and he placed Moses on the banks of the Red Sea. He put them in a position where their only solution was that God would have to intervene. Their only solution was that God would have to intervene in between the unmovable object and the unstoppable force. Amen. I want to tell you today that if you're standing in a place between two hard things, if you're standing between between divorce and, and, and discomfort, if you're standing between yeah. financial brokenness and financial faithfulness, if you're standing between chaos and, and, and uncontrollable circumstances, if you're standing in the midst of sickness and disease, I want to yeah. tell you, you want to stretch your hand over your circumstances today. You want to stretch your hand and call in the name of Jesus. Jesus, and let God intervene on your behalf. Amen. God does his best work in the hard places. God has given us power through his spirit. Is anybody full of the Holy Ghost? God has given us power through his spirit. And he has given us authority by his name. If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, you walk in the authority of the name of Jesus. But dominion, everybody say dominion, Dominion. must be fought for. I want to tell you that God will grant you dominion in the valley of Elah if you will stand and fight in the name of the Lord. I want to tell you that God will give you dominion over the Red Sea if you will obey God and stretch your hand over the Red Sea. Authority is given with grace and mercy. And power is given when we're filled with the Spirit of God. 
But dominion must be conquered and it must be acquired. And it's something that we have to fight for. Everybody say, I've got to fight for it. I want to tell you, if you want to have dominion over the spirit of the city of Lathrop, if you want to have dominion over the neighborhood that you live in, over the doors that you knock on on outreach, over the home that you reside in, over the spirits that are trying to attack your children and your marriage and your family, if you want to have dominion on your job and in your school, you've got to engage in warfare. Dominion is not freely given, but it is something that you must acquire by engaging in battle. structure 
and every other pillar that was holding up other parts of the building would have slowly begun to crumble. And I want to tell you today that while there may be battles that you're facing and giants that you're living with and circumstances that you're in the middle of and you look at them and you say, well, even if I defeat these, I'm still surrounded by trouble. I'm still surrounded by, by unfixable circumstances, things that are beyond my control. I want to tell you today, if you will fight the battle that is at hand, if you will engage in the season of spiritual warfare that God is calling you to, when you begin to press upon those pillars, if you take that left hand and reach out, take that other right hand and, and, and push it against the pillar on your right, and you begin to bow your back like Samson did and begin to push. I want to tell you, you're going to be doing more than just pushing over two pieces of stone. But you're going to begin to bring it as a spiritual chain reaction. Things that are beginning to fall down and crumble. Things that are beginning to break apart as you begin to fight and push. And, and begin to pull your back and, and, and begin to muster your strength. That you would begin to press against the pillars that are on either side of you right now. It wouldn't just stop with the situation that you're facing. But the fallout of your victory would carry out to the Would you stand to your feet across this building? Would you lift your hands? Oh, God, would you close your eyes? Come on, I want somebody right now. I want you to reach out to your left, and I want you to find that pillar that's on your left. Come on, I want you to reach out to your right, and I want you to find that pillar that's on your right. Come on, I want you to hold yourself spiritually right now.